Hello, everyone, and welcome to my Papa's podcast, Celebrating the Word with Dean Caldwell Ministries. Hello, everyone. We want to welcome you today to Elevating the Word. This is a Bible study intended to increase your faith, increase your knowledge of God so you can walk closer to the Lord and have a relationship with God like you've never had before. Hey, y'all, and welcome to the podcast today. We are so glad that you have joined us. Just a few quick announcements up front. Uh, Don't forget Brother Dean's YouTube channel. Um, Go over there and check that out under Dean Caldwell Ministries. Hit the like button, the subscribe button, the bell button to get notifications over there. Also, Facebook at Dean Caldwell Ministries uh, to keep up with brother, where Brother Dean's going to be in revival and encouraging videos and encouraging posts and things of that nature. Also, the email, elevatingtheword at outlook.com. Again, that is elevatingtheword, all lowercase, at outlook.com. We'd love for you to send your thoughts, your prayers, and your questions over there. Um, And then lastly, there are ways to give towards Brother Dean's ministry and podcast. If this has been a blessing to you and you want to to bless him, you can do that by the show notes in the bottom through digital currency, Venmo, Cash App, or just send something through the mail. Uh, You can do it that way. All that is down in the show notes at the bottom. And uh, click on those links and it'll take you where you need to go. Um, And then just lastly, if you're still hanging on and you haven't skipped, through this part yet. Um, um, Brother Dean's birthday was just a day ago, so happy birthday, Brother Dean. Well, thank you. Very grateful that you were born. Um, I know I have benefited from your life, and so has many, many others. So uh, happy birthday to you. With all of that out of the way, what do you want to talk about today? Rob, we're going to take a subject today that uh, I have uh, that has been brought to my attention, let me say it like that. Uh, entitled The First Resurrection and what all that entails from the Scripture. I'm uh, not going to give a, a opinion here, but just use Scripture to explain it because it is a subject that I think is much needed with understanding. You know, the Bible is like a puzzle. Pieces just fit together. Mm-hmm. And when the pieces fit together, you have an understanding of the heart of God. Yes. And what God has prepared for us because he loves us. He really and truly loves us. So today we're going to address the subject of the first resurrection. And uh, so the wording is a little bit confusing there when we use the word first resurrection. And we're going to read this because the Bible talks about the first resurrection as being from the time Jesus rose from the dead till at the millennial reign of Christ. Mm. All of that, all of that is included in what is called the first resurrection. Let me read that from the scripture. I'm in Revelation chapter 20 and uh, verse number five. And he said, the rest of the dead. Now let me explain this because I didn't read the first four verses here. This is the millennial reign of Christ, a thousand years reign of Christ. Mm. Now, we're not going to, this lesson is not about the thousand years millennial reign, but before someone turns it off, because there's some people that chooses not to believe in a millennial reign of Christ, but I always ask, when was there a time on earth that 
the devil was bound a thousand years and Christ did reign Mm -hmm. on this earth for 1,000 years because that's what Revelation 20 points out here for us in the scripture. So when you read those first four verses about the reign of Christ on this earth, he said in verse five, but the rest of the dead live not again until the thousand years were finished. And then he said, this is the first resurrection. This is the first resurrection. Then he said, blessed and holy, verse 6, blessed and holy is he that part in the first resurrection on such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. So here in the word, he gives us instruction of what the first resurrection is. It's at the millennial reign of Christ, the end of that. So all that entails there is from the time Jesus arose from the dead. Jesus arose from the dead. And when he did, there was many believers that rose with him Mm -hmm. during that time. Let's go back and address that for just a moment of time uh, today from the scripture. Uh, Go to Matthew 27. Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 52 and verse number 53. Now, this is recorded after his resurrection when Jesus did rise from the dead. But in verse number 52 and 53, now I'm in Matthew 27, he said, And the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, came out of the graves. Now watch this after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. So this is the beginning of the first resurrection. Now, when we get into this, maybe we can uh, uh, cover all of what is what entails concerning the first resurrection because I, when you get to the book of Revelation, there's many times that people disappear Uh, They're on the earth, and then they're in heaven. Mm. Uh, For instance, the 144,000, they are sealed with a seal in chapter 7. Chapter 14, they're standing before God, the throne Mm. of God in heaven. So, you know, all of this is considered the first resurrection. But let's deal a little bit here with Matthew 27, verse 52 and 53. This was when paradise, paradise was Mm -hmm. being moved. Paradise at the beginning of time was divided between hell and paradise with a great gulf. Now, also I said, referenced as Abraham's bosom. Correct? It is. And uh, I, I said, when I begin this, we're not going to give opinions here. We're going to read this from the scripture. Luke chapter number 16 and verse 19 beginning, he said, there was a certain man clothed in purple and uh, fine linen fared sumptuously every day, and there was a certain beggar. I do not believe that this is a uh, a story just to be telling here because the Bible said there was. Mm-hmm. There was. But he said the leper, name was Lazarus. He died uh, or was laid at the rich man's gate and fared the, who fared sumptuously every day. Verse 22, he said, It came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom. The rich man died, also died, and was buried, and in hell he lifted up his eyes. Now keep in mind here, verse 22 and 23, the beggar died, was carried by angels 
after his death to Abraham's bosom. Verse 20, last part of 22 and 23, the Bible said that the rich man died and in hell he lifted up his eyes being in torment. Watch this now. And seeing Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And then when you get to verse 26, because 24 and 25, the rich man is asking for Abraham to send Lazarus back to him in hell, dip his finger in water and cool his tongue. But look at what Abraham said to the rich man in verse 26. He said, and besides all of this between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that we which so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. What's he saying? Hell and paradise at one time could be viewed from hell. Paradise mm -hmm. could be viewed from hell. The rich man looked out of hell into paradise. Now, some may ask, what was all of this about? What this was about was the Old Testament saints dying under the covenant of law of animal sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Keep in mind, the animal sacrifice could cover your sin, but it could not do away with your sin. Mm -hmm. What we needed was someone that could pay the penalty for sin, which was death, and then beat death. And Jesus done that. Jesus done that on the cross of Calvary. He died and was placed in the tomb, and on the third day he rose from the dead. The animals could pay the price, but they could not beat the price. So the Old Testament saints died still facing their sin. Now let me remind you, when you go back and study the covenant of law and sacrifice, they had to repeat the sacrifice on a yearly basis. They had to do that every year. Mm -hmm. And now we have Christ. We accept him as our savior. We don't do this every year. We come to know him as our Lord and we have an ongoing relationship with Christ on a day by day basis with Christ. We are saved by grace. We have yeah. a relationship. We have a fellowship with him, but the old Testament saints died in righteousness, but they died still facing their sin. So because they were facing their sin, they could not go into the presence of a holy God. But instead, they went in a holding place that's called paradise and referred to as Abraham's bosom. Well, when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary for the sin of mankind, the Bible said he descended into paradise, and we're not going to go through that, but... Uh, he descended there, and he led captivity captive. That's in Ephesians 4, verse uh, 7, 8, and 9. He led captivity captive. He descended first before he ascended into heaven. So Matthew 27 is giving us a story here of paradise being moved. Mm -hmm. The saints of God that were held in bondage that were held in captivity because they were still facing their sin. They died in faith. Let, let, let me read this scripture to you. In Hebrews, let me think. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse uh, 13. Now listen to it. 
These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen it afar off and were persuaded of it and embraced it and confessed, they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. They died in faith, waiting for the hour of deliverance to come. And their hour did come. So Jesus, when he rose from the dead, he wasn't the only one that rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. A multitude of Old Testament saints that were in captivity in paradise. Now, these were not in hell. They were in paradise. They was in Abraham's bosom. Luke 16 divides the difference between hell and paradise. Divides it up for us concerning that. So when Jesus rose from the dead, he brought many, or well, it says many bodies, which is a, a no doubt a countable number, but it was such a multitude. And I believe he just simply uh, emptied paradise up because they were all under the covenant law. They, they were faithful with their mm -hmm. sacrifice, but they died still facing their sin. And paradise was a physical location. Yes, right? yes, Just, it was. It was a physical location, a holding place for the for the saint of God, the, the soul of the saint of God that had died. Now, yeah. Rob, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he gives us some insight here in chapter 5 and verse number 8, he says this. He said, we're willing. He's talking about we are confident and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Now, let me explain what the first resurrection is all about. How come it covers so much territory? Because when Christ comes back at the second coming of Christ, he will have the saints of God with him. Mm -hmm. They will come with him. That is from the first resurrection, everybody included during that time. And we're going to point some of these resurrections out here in just a moment of time. But in, in, he said in 2 Corinthians 5 and 8 that when you die now, when a saint of God die now, dies now, they do not go into the paradise of Abraham's bosom, but they go into the presence of God willing rather, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord, to be present with the Lord. So when a saint of God dies right now on this earth, he dies, soul and spirit leaves, that person saved by grace goes into the presence of God. Now I had this question asked me a few years ago of, of a gentleman in a Sunday school class, and he said, well, the presence of God is everywhere. What is there to say that they're not on this earth walking around and so on and so forth? And I said, because of the prayer that Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, our Father, which art in heaven, or who art in heaven. Mm -hmm. Jesus was identifying where God Almighty lives, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So when a saint of God dies, we leave here and we go into the presence of God. But keep this in mind, everybody that, had, well, I'm, I'm going to read that. I just mm -hmm. might as well read that at 
rather than just say and hope people understand that, go back with me to the book of Revelation chapter 19. Revelation chapter 19. This is the second coming of Christ from heaven down to this earth. Watch what it said. It begins in verse number 11. But in verse 14, he said, the armies which war in heaven, they were there. They were there in the presence of God, followed, followed him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. So he's saying there is a multitude of army people that's going to come back with Christ at the second coming. Now, some may have an argument point there that what is this? Well, their clothing identifies them, clothed in fine linen, clean and white. So go back to verse 7 and 8, and let's look at how he identifies those that's coming back with him. Verse 7 and 8 of chapter 19. Of Revelation, he said, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Now, watch this. Here's her clothing. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Now, does that not spell out the same clothing in verse 14? Yes, sir. The armies which were in heaven followed after him upon white horses clothed in fine linen, white and clean. So reason that he refers to the first resurrection from Jesus rising from the dead, the Old Testament saints rising from the dead, is because that whole group, the armies which were in heaven followed after him, coming back at the second coming of Christ with him. Now, you know, I, let, let me just put a little more word on this mm -hmm. because this is needing to be so. In the Old Testament, in Zechariah chapter 14, now I'm not going to get in on all of this because there's a lot of prophecy here. And uh, it's a, a prophecy of the tribulation period. It's a prophecy concerning Israel, uh, uh, especially Jerusalem and so on and so forth. But verse 5, verse 5, look at what he said. And verse 3 and 4 talks about Jesus coming back. Jesus coming back. His foot will touch Mount Olive. The mountain will cleave in the mist, form a great valley. But look at verse 5. When the valley is formed, he said, you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach to Azel. Yea, you shall flee like as you fled before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord, my God, shall come. Now look at what he said. And all the saints, all of the saints mm -hmm. with him. This nails it down. All of the saints of God are coming back with him. Now then, the reason why it's called the first resurrection from the time Jesus rose from the dead and he moved paradise, all those Old Testament saints, they rose from the dead. Mm -hmm. They come back. It said that Matthew 27, they appeared to many yes. in Jerusalem. 
So this was the beginning of the resurrection. And so he's not going to divide this out and say, hey, you've got the, uh, the appearing bunch and you've got the mid-trib, you've got all of this, you've got something else going here. No, he just said the first resurrection. Blessed and holy mm-hmm. is he who hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. Now, Rob, we're not going to get in on the second death. I have been preaching a lot concerning the second death, and I'm finding that people had no idea. They had no idea about the second death or what the Bible is even speaking of when it talks about the resurrection of the dead. Now then, let's move on to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4 because remember, we're still talking about the resurrection, the first resurrection, and all that it entails from the Scripture, from the Word of God. There is different intervals in the Scripture of people leaving this world and joining the Lord in heaven. Mm. They're just different uh, uh, points of this, and we're just going to cover a few of these this afternoon of what we're going to have time for, and we may go over our time uh, allotment here, but in First Thessalonians chapter 4, beginning in verse 13, he said, But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. What he's saying here, there is people die in their sin and they do not have hope of a resurrection at all. But he said in verse 14, if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them which also would sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Oh, I love that. I'm going to come back to that. Mm -hmm. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them that are asleep. In other words, you can't stop what's about to happen. And it doesn't make any difference who believes in it and who don't. You cannot stop what God has planned to happen for the saints of God. Mm -hmm. Verse 16, he said, for the Lord himself, talking about Jesus here, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, this is commonly referred to as a rapture. The word rapture is not found in the Scripture. It's taken from a Latin word that means caught up, carried away, Mm -hmm. and all of this entails that. But if you don't like the word rapture, you can call it the appearing of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Because here, he does not come back to this earth. He appears in the clouds of glory, sounds a trumpet, and calls people from this earth to meet him in the clouds and in the air. So Mm -hmm. now then... This is referred to as the rapture of the church or is referred to as the second coming. And I'm finding a lot of people will argue that point. The difference between the appearing of Jesus and the second coming is this. The appearing, he appears in the clouds and in the air and calls the church from this earth to meet him in the clouds and the air. The second coming, he brings that group with him Mm -hmm. all the way back down to this earth. 
The appearing is different than the second coming. It is different, yeah. but it is an experience that God lays out here. Now then, I've you know the, uh, go back to verse fourteen. Verse fourteen said, "If you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also would sleep in Jesus, would sleep in Jesus, died in Christ, died saved, accepted Jesus as their Savior." Look what he said: "Those that sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him." Now, verse 16 says the trumpet's going to sound. The dead in Christ are going to rise first. Then verse 17, we which are alive and remain, which means if it happened right now. A trumpet was to sound. All of those saints that are buried in the cemetery, all of them that are saved by grace will rise from the dead at the sound of the trumpet. Then you and I sitting here now, alive and remain, if it happened right now, we would leave instantly from this world and watch what he said, to meet him where at? To meet the Lord in the clouds and in the air. He's not coming back to earth. He will appear in the clouds of glory and call a church from this earth to meet him in the clouds and in the air. And he said, verse 18 and he said, comfort one another with these words. Verse 17 said, and so shall we ever, ever be with the Lord. Here's another happening. The dead in Christ rising, the live and remain. You can't do away with this. Yeah. This is all in the word of God. Yeah. It's just scripture. It's plain as the nose on your face. It just says it's going to happen. It's repeated again in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, beginning in verse 51. Mm-hmm. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Yes. The live and remain. is He's speaking of the same thing there. Mm-hmm. I had a guy to tell me not too long ago, a preacher, they didn't start preaching about the rapture church till 19 and 30 something. I said, well, that don't make any sense. What's that got to do with anything? So they didn't preach it before 19 and 30. It's still in the scripture, whether they preached it or not. And I'm sure there's a lot of things in the scripture that hasn't been preached as of yet. Absolutely. But the farther we go to the end of this thing, the more revelation is going to be revealed to us from the word of God. But there is an appearing of Jesus Christ. He will appear in the clouds of glory, sound a trumpet, the dead in Christ will rise first, and they've got to be with him. Yes. Because verse 14 says, those asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Yes. Wow. He's not just going to come down here and say, hey, you've been asleep a long time in the grave. I'm waking up spirit, soul, and body. No. no. When you die, the body dies, goes to the grave, but that soul and spirit, if you're saved by grace, goes into the presence of God. And that's just how it is because verse 14 said, those asleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Yes. Here's another part of the first resurrection. That is going to take place. That's going to happen. Now then, go to Revelation chapter 7. And I'm doing my best to hurry through this uh, and and not go over just a, a, a great length of time here. You still got time. But Revelation chapter 7 and verse 9, he said, 
after this I beheld and lo a great multitude which no man could number of all nations, kindred, people, and tongues stood before the throne, before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hand. Now here's a group that's going to leave in mid-tribulation period. Mm. They're going to leave here in mid-tribulation. It says this, they're in robes of white and palms in their hands. Now, if a person doesn't buy that they're going to leave in mid-tribulation period, look at verse 14. Because John asked the question, who is this group? Now, that's in verse 9. But in verse 14, he said to them, Sir, thou knowest. He said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, having washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Here is a group, a number of people that you cannot even number because of the greatness of this multitude are going to leave here and go into the presence of God during the tribulation period. Hmm. Wow. Now we're still talking about the first resurrection. Yeah. There's a lot of this that entails here. I got to point something out. Whenever John saw this people, they were already changed. They had robes of white palms in their hand but he still recognized them by their nationality and the language they spoke. Mm. Wow. Well, that kind of knocks the props out from under some, some theories that people have yeah. that we're all going to be the same. No, if you're black, you'll still be black. Mm -hmm. If you're Indian, you'll still be Indian. If you're Caucasian, you'll still be Caucasian. Mm -hmm. If you're Chinese, you'll still be Chinese. Yeah. If you're if you're Spanish, you'll be Spanish. Whatever color you are, he recognized them by their nationality and by the language they spoke. So if and you're they southern stood. and you speak southern, yes, you'll be southern. And, and what's so amazing about it? Wow. Peter on the day of Pentecost preached to sixteen different languages there without an interpreter. Yes. That was the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes. So don't worry about trying to learn a language. When you get there, you'll communicate with everybody there. Mm. You'll know it in detail. Well, I'm not wow. going to go into all that. But there are just things that are recorded for us in the Word of God that gives us some insight to us. Now then, whenever you look at chapter 14, and uh, chapter 14 book of is Revelations. of Revelation. I'm in the book of Revelation, chapter number 14 of the book of Revelation. We're still talking about the first resurrection. He said, I looked, I'm going to start verse one. I looked and, and lo, and behold, a lamb that stood on Mount Zion and, and with him, 144,000 having the father's name written in their forehead. Now, before I go on with that reading there, let me turn back to chapter seven, where we just was and, and look at what he said here in chapter seven and in the first eight verses. He said, after these things, I'm in verse 1, Revelation 7, verse 1. After these things, I saw four angels standing on the, on the four corners of the earth, holding four winds of the earth, and the winds should not blow on the earth nor the sea. And then another angel came from the east, and he cried the loud voice, and he said, don't hurt this. And look at verse 14. And I heard the number of them which were sealed, and they were sealed a hundred Forty and four thousand of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Now that's on this earth. In chapter seven, 
There's a 12,000 from each tribe and their name by tribe. The first eight verses of Revelation chapter 7, 12,000 from each tribe is sealed with a seal. Now, when you get to verse chapter 14, look here. It said in verse 3, they sang it as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts, the elders, and no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. Mm -hmm. Wow. Here's another resurrection that took place. The 144,000 was raptured out from this earth, just 144,000, and they're standing before the throne of God, and they are redeemed from the earth, brought up from the earth. Here's another point of view here that gives another resurrection during the tribulation period. What are we saying? I'm trying to prove a point here. Everything from the time Jesus rose from the dead, mm -hmm. every time somebody's been taken out. And when you get to the book of Revelation, there's groups that are going to leave and stand before the throne of God taken out of here. Well, let's go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20, verse number four. He said, I saw thrones and they that sat upon them, judgment was given unto them. And I saw the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, for the word of God, which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Here's another point. There will be a reign of Christ a thousand years because there'll be people go through the tribulation period that will not receive the mark of the beast. But they gave their head for the cause of Christ and now they wind up during the thousand year millennial reign of Christ. Mm -hmm. All of the resurrections everything from Jesus rising from the dead till the end of the millennial reign is referred to as the first resurrection. Mm -hmm. Now let's go back and read our text that we started with when we started this little Bible study. I'm in Revelation chapter 20, verse 5 and verse 6. The rest of the dead rest of the dead, talking about those that had died in sin, the rest of the dead lived not again till the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. Now notice he says part. We could spend probably 15 minutes talking about that. On such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Wow. Now then, I'm going to skip down, even though we're not going to study on this today and point something else, because in chapter 20 of Revelation and verse 14, death and hell was cast into the lake of fire this is the second death. The Bible is so clear. The Bible is so plain. And I've said this hundreds of times through the years. If you want a principle that God honors, Scripture interprets itself. 
scripture interprets itself. So he said in verse 14, death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Chapter 20 defines the first resurrection. Chapter 20 defines the second death. Hmm. Chapter 20 also points out the annihilation of the devil. I shouldn't say annihilation, him cast into the lake of fire in verse 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Hmm. Just know God has a plan. Yeah. And the first resurrection is from the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's what he's talking about. Blessed Holy Theoth part in the first resurrection. I know there are going to be people who say, well, what about Lazarus? What about uh, the boy of the name? What about Jairus' daughter? There was a resurrection there. What about Elisha? What about all of this other stuff? You know, they're, they're, they're going to bring that up. I realize that. But Jesus rose from the dead and brought the Old Testament saints with him mm-hmm. from the dead. Now then, at the sounding of the trumpet, is the next recorded resurrection that's going to take place. And that will carry all the dead from after Jesus rose from the dead that died after him until the trumpet sounds. Yeah. Then you've got the tribulation saints. You've got all of this, everything. But it goes back to the first resurrection. It's all included there. And blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power. Mm. Wow. Wow. It explains it for us that we can understand what he's talking about here from the word of God, the first resurrection. I had some folks here just recently ask me that question, what is the first resurrection? Because it said, this is the first resurrection. And so that's what we're explaining here today. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm glad I'm part of the first resurrection. Yes, I'm going to be. I'm I'm glad I'm part of that. Thank you, Brother Dean, for such a wonderful insight on the first resurrection and and clearly uh, interpreting the word, letting the word interpret itself uh, and just leading us into that. Um, That was clear. That was clear. And so I pray this blessed you today. Um, You guys have a great rest of your week. God bless. Thank you guys for tuning into the podcast this week. We pray it was a blessing to you. We pray that it encouraged you, that you were elevated in the word. Don't forget to check out Dean Caldwell Ministries on Facebook to keep up with all things that Brother Dean uh, is doing. You guys have a great rest of your week and God bless.